DiscerningHearts.com presents The School of Prayer, Reflections on the Teachings of Pope Benedict XVI with Deacon James Keating. Deacon Keating is a professor of spiritual theology and serves as a spiritual director at Kenrick Lennon Seminary in St. Louis, Missouri. Deacon Keating has led more than 400 workshops in areas of morality and spirituality and has authored numerous books, including The Way of Mystery, Listening for Truth, and Spiritual Fatherhood. The School of Prayer, Reflections on the Teachings of Pope Benedict XVI with Deacon James Keating. I'm your host, Chris McGregor. Welcome, Deacon Keating. Thank you. In the Holy Father's series of audiences on prayer, he began his exploration of the Old Testament models of prayer, just to draw for us the imagery that God gives us in his many ways of interacting. And very powerfully, he talks to us of the experience of Abraham. He is the great patriarch, and he prays in intercession for the people of Sodom and Gomorrah. And the Holy Father breaks that open for us. The, the key to the Abraham image that he's giving us is this uh, mystery of intercession. And one of the, uh, the highlights of Abraham's intercessory prayer is that the more Abraham pleads to God to have mercy on Sodom and Gomorrah, if he finds 50 innocent people and 20 and then all the way down to 10, the more he prays in that way, the amazing thing is the more God reveals God's inner life to Abraham to the point where Abraham receives a deeper revelation of the true core of God than he's ever had before. And the true core is God is mercy. And at the end of Abraham's bargaining session in prayer, uh, tragically, of course, God cannot even find 10 innocent people and Sodom and Gomorrah uh, is destroyed. And in this biblical account, God is you know, showing how much he hates sin, and he hates sin because he loves us so much. And so God is always waging a battle on sin, against sin, culminating, of course, in the crucifixion of his son, the triumphant victory against sin, not against us who sin, but against sin itself. And what was given to Abraham in his persistence in prayer was an overwhelming trust in the fact that God is mercy. And here, I think, is the great lesson for us in our prayer, is that, of course, we're impatient with our prayer. But if we can really commit ourselves to it, then no matter what level of prayer we're at or what form of prayer we use, whether it's intercessory prayer or, or praise, petition, The more we enter into prayer, the more we are going to receive the true identity of God. The core of God will be revealed to us through the power of the Holy Spirit. And when we know God, the knowledge of God is going to draw us back to God because God is infinitely fascinating. And what's truly fascinating about God is what he shares with us about himself the fact that he wants to share himself with us 
is possibly the most fascinating thing about God. Because there's no reason for God to want to be vulnerable toward human beings, except for the fact that God is in love with us. So if we can persist in prayer like Abraham, then the more God will give himself to us. And that, of course, will then increase our fascination with God. And we will be drawn back to God again and again as a foretaste to eternal life. That manifestation of God's love is shown to us in his mercy. And yet there is this destruction that occurs even out of that intercession from Abraham. Yes, the destruction is, again, God's, um, God's anger, if you will. This is the biblical anger of God. Uh, God is angry at sin because sin alienates us from himself. And uh, this anger of God is uh, directed at the obstacle that is between God and our capacity to receive who God is. And so there's no innocent person in Sodom and Gomorrah. This is crucial to meditate on. Uh, There's no innocent person on earth. So God's movement is always toward the protection of his people from the evil of sin. And we're all battling and struggling to become more open to God than we are to the passing consolations, which are artificial consolations, of sin. That's the great interior struggle. Am I more interested in being loved or am I more interested in entering into artificial consolation and distraction. And of course, the first question is, um, am I more interested in being loved, takes us right into the realm of suffering because we have to have patience to receive the love of God. Not because God's not giving it, but because we don't know how to receive it. But what's waiting and tempting us with immediate gratification is always sin. Now, sin always packs a punch of artificial consolation. It's like a, a hit on illegal drugs. You get an immediate rush or immediate high. And then, of course, you crash and burn. And that's the modus operandi of sin as well. And in this struggle, God is pleading with us to let him transform us. Let him reach in us that which must be destroyed by grace. Our tendency to not allow God to love us, which is what sin is. He wants to destroy that tendency in us before it breaks out into actual choices or actual sin. And here's why prayer is so crucial. Because if we can learn how to pray, we're just basically learning how to be loved and to stay. To stay in a posture of receptive love. 
and let God work in our tendency to block that love so that we will not choose sin because we are un, unable to wait or have patience and we are looking for an immediate payoff. So God is in a great battle against sin, a great battle against that which takes us from him. And this is the deepest symbol of God destroying Sodom and Gomorrah. Abraham offers prayers of intercession for those who don't know that they need to be saved, that they don't realize that they're in the depths of that sin. Abraham is one who, who pleads. How often in our lives do we pray for the child who we feel as parents is drifting away or the co-worker who is doing something that we know is wrong? Is Abraham's prayer a model for us as well? I can't help but think that intercessory prayer is probably one of the more difficult ones because what it asks of us is something very simple but uh, very difficult to do, and that is we take your example, my son no longer worships. God, I place my son in your most sacred heart and I entrust him to you. Now that's very hard for humans to do. It's not hard for us to say. It's not hard for us to desire. But it is very hard for us to continue to leave our son in the sacred heart of Jesus. And that's what gives birth to constant anxiety and worry. Have we truly prayed? Or are we just mumbling words to relieve our anxiety and worry about our children, about our husband, about our wife, about my health condition, do we truly entrust our concerns to God? Or do we say words of trust and then take that back? Take the words back, and we know we've done that when we are overwhelmed by anxiety and worry. Uh, anxiety and worry is another way to control an uncontrollable situation. Well, since I can't make my son go to Mass or I can't make myself be healed of this disease, I'll continue to worry about it and be anxious about it as a way for me to feel like I'm doing something, like I'm in control. And this is a very grueling process to actually give God trust. But it's something that the Holy Spirit and grace works on within our hearts so that eventually we get to a place where we are all familiar, you know, with some of Padre Pio's st statements about, you know, don't worry, pray. And of course, that's a, a, um, a pithy way that he, he would basically say, it took me a very long time and I suffered very deeply, and I had to repent quite often from giving my prayers over to the Lord and then taking them back in anxiety and worry. So perhaps one of the things that this meditation of Benedict can give us is a little bit of time to think about do I do true intercessory prayer or do I just worry 
and uh, experience fear in the presence of my needs and in the presence of God. If that's what we're doing, the Lord wants to gently purify us of that and gift us with true intercessory prayer. Lord Jesus Christ, I give to you my Son, whom you love more than I could ever love. And I ask you through your grace to draw him back to true worship. And this prayer, Lord, I entrust to your most sacred heart. And in this way, in praying that way, we also want to give the Lord all of our desires to control and to worry and to be anxious. We'll return in just a moment to The School of Prayer, Reflections on the Teachings of Pope Benedict XVI with Deacon James Keating. Did you know that Discerning Hearts has a free app in which you can find all your favorite Discerning Hearts programming? Father Timothy Gallagher, Dr. Anthony Lillis, Deacon James Keating, Mike Aquilina, Dr. Matthew Bunsen, and so many more are found on the Discerning Hearts free app. Did you also know that you can stream Discerning Hearts programming on numerous streaming platforms such as Apple Podcasts, Google Play, iHeartRadio, Pandora, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, and so many more. And did you know that Discerning Hearts also has the YouTube page? Be sure to check out all these different places where you can find Discerning Hearts. Litany of Humility O Jesus, meek and humble of heart, hear me. From the desire of being esteemed, deliver me, Jesus. From the desire of being loved, deliver me, Jesus. From the desire of being extolled, deliver me, Jesus. From the desire of being honored, deliver me, Jesus. From the desire of being praised, deliver me, Jesus. From the desire of being preferred to others, deliver me, Jesus. From the desire of being consulted, deliver me, Jesus. From the desire of being approved, deliver me, Jesus. From the fear of being humiliated, deliver me, Jesus. From the fear of being despised, deliver me, Jesus. From the fear of suffering rebukes, deliver me, Jesus. From the fear of being calumniated. Deliver me, Jesus. From the fear of being forgotten. Deliver me, Jesus. From the fear of being ridiculed. Deliver me, Jesus. From the fear of being wronged. Deliver me, Jesus. From the fear of being suspected. Deliver me, Jesus. That others may be loved more than I. That others may be esteemed more than I that in the opinion of the world, others may increase and I may decrease, that others may be chosen and I set aside, that others may be praised and I unnoticed, that others may be preferred to me in everything, that others may become holier than I, provided that I become as holy as I should. Jesus, grant me the grace to desire it. Amen. We now return to The School of Prayer, Reflections on the Teachings of Pope Benedict XVI 
with Deacon James Keating. The Holy Father in his reflection on this Deacon Keating, in that we may not always understand how God will bring about the good, how he'll respond to our prayers. But the Holy Father shows us that if we just remember and reflect on his movement in salvation history, we can see that God does bring about the just. In Sodom and Gomorrah, only 10 righteous people were necessary, yet they couldn't find them. And he talks of the prophet Jeremiah, who said that on behalf of the Almighty, that only one upright person was necessary to save Jerusalem. And yet that could not be found, and they had to be scattered. So God himself provided the one just man who would save not only Jerusalem, but the entire world, and that would be his very son. Right, and in providing the one just son, he tells us in that providing how corrupt and how necessary salvation is, how corrupt we are and how necessary salvation is, that upon the whole face of the earth, there were uh, none who weren't guilty, except, of course, the Blessed Mother and Jesus. God himself had to act and had to take on upon himself uh, all of the um, processes for healing and salvation because obviously we couldn't do it ourselves. And this, of course, is the great revelation that comes to people when they are finally converted. Uh, The great lie that most of us live in before we begin a serious prayer life is that I'm fine, nothing wrong with me, I'm a good person, quote-unquote, and this has nothing to do with whether you and I can withstand the presence of divine holiness and not be obliterated by such purity. We can't. It's not a matter of abiding by the, uh, the laws and the mores and the customs of a particular culture. It's a matter of knowing that at the very root of the human being is this wound, this darkness, this desire to choose the self more easily than to ever choose the welfare of another. And God is the opposite of that. God is continually thinking of the needs of the other and giving no thought of his own needs. And so for us to stand within the presence of God, we need to be pure. And the work of purity is the work of God himself, not ours. doesn't matter how hard you try to apply the rules or obey the rules. We have to let Christ so close that he actually works his purity into our constitution. Otherwise, there is no salvation. Baptism is all about us dying the death of Christ and letting Christ live his life over again in us. That's salvation. And the work of prayer is to make sure that we are continually opening ourselves to having Christ live his life over again in us and bring the gift of purity and the desire for holiness at the core of our being. And if we pray, and if we regularly allow God to love us in prayer, we will be saved. Because this is 
the work of the Holy Spirit to make us pure enough to stand in heaven. Whereas right now, none of us are worthy of heaven. We are, to some extent, uh, aliens from our true home. And we need this healing so that we can be fit for the first time in heaven itself. Are we being called then to model our intercessory prayer like that of Abraham? Are we called not only to pray for our needs, but pray for others? I mean, I know we do that at, at the prayers of the faithful at church, and we may pray for a friend when we, they say, well, pray for us. But are we called to more? Well, the more is the, the, is the trust that comes with the prayer of intercessory or prayer of the faithful. It's the trust that God has heard us. Now, of course, there's scripture stories that talk about persistence, like the, the widow before the judge. You know, you just keep kind of harping on God, and God will change his mind. Um, all sorts of theological intricacies with that question. But uh, at the bottom, I think, is we are called, of course, to stay in conversation with God, like Abraham did. He just wouldn't let it go. The persistent w- widow wouldn't let it go. But the, the, the vital question to ask is, uh, what is the source out of which we're asking this prayer? Is it fear? Is it worry? Is it anxiety? Or is it trust? So you can ask you know, someone to help you, and you're asking because you know your limits, but you're also choosing a certain person because you know they can get the job done that there's a lot of trust there. So you have a coworker, or you have somebody who is under you at your profession, and you simply say, here are the events that I need you to plan. And you trust that they'll plan them. In fact, you trust them so much that you go off to the larger duties that you have, and you're focusing and concentrating on those duties uh, that you must uh, exhibit and manifest and complete while the underling is uh, doing his or her duties and planning this event. You don't continually call the person and say, what are you doing, or can I help you? It would make no sense to have such a, a person as your assistant. And so to some extent, you are entrusting your needs to God. And if you are, well, then do it. Uh, You don't have to keep checking. You don't have to keep going into the realm of anxiety and fear. Are you asking the Lord to bring your son back to church out of a place of deep trust that the Lord loves your son more than you do? Or are you asking out of fear and anxiety, worry and control? If it's these latters, then make that your prayer. Lord Jesus, please help me with fear, with anxiety, with worry. As the prayer at the Mass says, in the older translation, you know, to, to free us from useless anxiety. Free us from useless anxiety. And uh, that's what the Lord wants to do. Simultaneously free you from fear, even as he's gifting you with a deeper trust that he is taking care of the things that you ask for, particularly as all these things are to work together for the good of your salvation and the salvation of the people you love. Is it a proper disposition to say that we are beggars before the Lord? Is Abraham begging? 
there is an aspect there of pleading and begging. Uh, but again, remember, we are making our needs known so that God can make himself known. Our real, our real begging is for the revelation of God himself. I may be concerned about my son or my wife's health, but the deepest groan of the human heart is basically this. God, tell me who you are so that I might finally be one with you and have peace. Most of the prayers we pray are surrounded by many, many different words, but at the core of the purest of prayers lies that that begging, if you will, that pleading. I just want you, God. And of course, when we say that, what we're saying is, we know that if we just have God, all will be well. All will be well. The end of prayer is to be secured in the deepest of intimacy with God. And then flowing from that will be our participation in the will of God. And participating in the will of God is the source of our deepest peace and the deepest meaning for our lives. You've been listening to The School of Prayer, Reflections on the Teachings of Pope Benedict XVI with Deacon James Keating. To hear and or to download this conversation along with hundreds of other spiritual formation programs, visit discerninghearts.com or you can find it on the free Discerning Hearts app or on your favorite podcast streaming platform. This has been a production of Discerning Hearts. I'm your host, Chris McGregor. We hope that if this has been helpful for you, that you will first pray for our mission, which is to offer authentic and rock-solid spiritual formation freely to souls around the world. And if you feel us worthy, please consider a charitable donation, which is fully tax-deductible, to help support our efforts. But most of all, we hope that you will tell a friend about discerninghearts.com and join us next time for The School of Prayer, Reflections on the Teachings of Pope Benedict XVI with Deacon James Keating.